Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topic and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. Today we're interviewing the CEO of a woman-owned startup specializing in the beverage industry whose product line is sure to create a sizable following right out of the gate. But before we do that, I'd like you to hear about my business transition readiness program for business owners. Do you know what it means to be transition ready? Does the thought of your future business exit bring on feelings of anxiety? If so, you are not alone. In the business transition readiness program, you'll find the answers to these questions and many more. According to award-winning certified exit planner Julie Keys, it takes at least five years to prepare an owner and a business for a future exit. The Business Transition Readiness Program will help you unpack the complexities of exit and transition planning, shed light on the unknowns, and help prepare you and your business to exit on your own terms and not someone else's. You can get more info and register for upcoming programs at poisedforexit.com. Just click on Owner Program. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with Nicole Anthony, entrepreneur and CEO of Koya Blue. Nicole, welcome to the Poised for Exit show. So good to have you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Julie. I'm very excited to be here and talk all sorts of different things with you. Absolutely. I can't wait to hear about your newest endeavor. You always have lots of things going on, and I love how you refer your, <laughs> refer to yourself as a disruptor. I love that about you. So before we get started in talking about your businesses and what you've got going on now, i just like to have you share with our listeners a little bit about how you got your start and what, it, what was it that called you to being an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I actually got my start in entrepreneurship in real estate really oh. early on. I was about 19, and I specialized in investment property, uh, buy and hold for others as well as for myself. Um, and I also helped build a boutique real estate brokerage with a 12-person team and started oh. a rental management company to assist our clients with filling their properties. So it, it became a... a, a, a small, big, vertically integrated, fun little deal. And then unfortunately, when the uh, market crashed in 07, 08, things changed drastically. So, but I did, Mm -hmm. um, I actually kept my real estate portfolio and did not um, lose my homes to foreclosure. So I built a small real estate portfolio for myself and successfully sold that off this last year. Real estate still remains one of my passions. And so I look forward to the time when building a new portfolio filled with both single family and commercial residential properties presents itself. So that was, that was my start. Exciting. And, and exit. <laughs> For the past 18 months, I've been consulting under the business name Disrupt. Um, as you, like you said yeah. in the beginning, I'm a disruptor. Right. Um, uh, which in the near future will become disrupt holdings. So you asked about the start, but the long-term gain game for me is also top of mind. And I plan to use this holding company as uh, opportunity to build or partake in different businesses and new opportunities as they present themselves. So 
Okay, so when you talk about new opportunities and investing, are you talking about being like a silent uh, partner or are you talking about maybe getting involved in some way? What, what, does, what capacity? You know what? I have a feeling there will be a combination of both as I continue mm-hmm. to grow over the next, well, until I die. I don't know that retirement is really a thing for entrepreneurs. Right. <laughs> Not fully anyways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I foresee it being a little bit of both. Uh, I like well, to roll up my sleeves and be hands-on, and I also have no problem um nurturing other people's ideas and letting them take the lead, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're that's definitely just part of, that's just yes. part of diversification. Right. Well, I think what, what we might be saying here too, is that you you're kind of both sides of the same coin. Like you're, you're a team player and you can capitalize on the strengths of others, but you can also be the servant leader and the visionary and not everybody can wear both of those hats. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's a good time. Right. And and you've been in business for a while. However, you're not very old. So you have a long runway ahead of you with all of these endeavors. Yeah, it's super exciting. I'm really happy for you. So tell me, what is it that you love the most about being a business owner? When I saw (laughs) this question, I I died laughing. That is a loaded question for any entrepreneur. (laughs) That's how I use the word love. (laughs) Uh, yeah um love for sure but it's the excitement it's it's the excitement challenge uh learning opportunities flexibility it's the people and the ability to watch an idea grow into something that provides value it's Mm -hmm. you know i think that is the simplest version of an answer that i can provide being an entrepreneur is just i think it's a part of who i am you get to wear all the hats, including being the janitor, and that makes every day new, different, and open to endless opportunities. Yeah, it really does. Every day is different. There's no doubt about it. I think that the variety is one thing that always called to me. Um, and being a yeah. self-starter, right? You're definitely a self-starter. You've run and um, and sold businesses in the past successfully. So I I guess I'd like to ask you that question now that you've got this startup that we're going to talk about in a minute. I'm super excited to hear about it. But what would you identify as the major obstacles that you've had to deal with in the past when you talk about starting a business, running a business, selling a business? What would you say to that? Yeah, um, that's a really great question. And I don't know that I have a different answer that hasn't been stated in Mm-hmm. many great business books, but just a couple of key things that I think I could touch on is the barrier to entry to starting a business depends on numerous factors. You know, is it service-based mm-hmm. business or is it a product-based business? If it's service-based, you are likely to be generating revenue f- with far less upfront investment and time mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. than starting a product-based business. Um, you know, and then outside of that, there are so many other obstacles depending on industry, sector, target audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's and then being able to balance it all, I think, too, is is something to be said. If you're a female entrepreneur yeah. and a parent and a wife and all of those things, and then you're wearing all of the hats early on mm-hmm. in your business, that takes stamina. 
Yeah. It takes well, it- <laughs> focus. It takes, yeah. and it takes, it takes a support system. And I think that, I think that if I could speak to any young entrepreneur, whether male or female, I, I like to think of us all in the, in the same way um, is entrepreneurship requires mentorship and a support system. It absolutely mm. does. And being strategic about building a network around who you can strategically help because it's not all about taking. In fact, it's mostly about giving. Mm-hmm. Um, but who can also strategically help you if and when something arises? Right. Yeah, you don't want to be building your network when you need it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, build, Yo. The old the old saying about, I think it was Harvey McKay's book, that um, the title that, that went, um, build your, or dig your well before you're thirsty. Um, and, and, you know, to your point, having a network and supporting uh, the people that are in your inner circle and, and helping with, you know, mentoring others and, and being mentored yourself, that's all about giving and receiving. It isn't like a hidden agenda. It's about, okay, yes, this is a good business practice, but there's a lot of value and fulfillment that comes from having that mentality and having that as, as a part of how you operate, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I like, I like so, the idea that you brought up about the well. Yeah, fill the well first before you need to have a drink of water. It's the same concept mm-hmm. as start going to therapy before you need it. <laughs> <laughs> right? right? <laughs> yeah, uh, and everyone needs that, especially these days. Jeez. So, yeah, therapy is um, a good thing. It, yeah, yeah, and and I w- I want to get into um, liquid therapy in a second, but before yeah. <laughs> before we do that, I I know that you had you owned a marketing firm, a very successful marketing firm that you built from the ground up in a very short period of time, and that is going to just be that's got to be amazing um, knowledge and background for you to for the work that you've done in these other companies and what you plan to do in the future speak to that for a little bit yeah I mean it's certainly um I love people I I I love all people Mm. it's it's great and marketing and sales evolve you know it evolves Mm -hmm. around people so that was a really great business for me to grow and scale to the point that I did and till I sold um which was August of last year and um that experience helped me really learn the value of scaling a company, what obstacles mm-hmm. CEOs and C-level executives encounter as, as companies grow, uh, people issues, really defining mm-hmm. and um, being able to keep your culture consistent as you're constantly evolving and changing. When you're a small company, it, things are constantly changing. So it was a great learning experience from the business side in terms of leadership, finance, strategy, mm. execution, cash. But it also helped me learn how to be better with people and be at the forefront with people or at the out in the trenches with the people, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, it also helped me build successful multi-vehicle, multi-channel, multi-tactic marketing strategies that were very successful for our clients and for ourselves. Yeah, I, marketing is such an important part of, of running and um, starting a business, running a business, selling a business. I mean, through the entire life cycle, uh, effective marketing is super important for sure. We could 
talk all day about that, but I want to get into Koya Blue. I want you to talk about your new startup and and, uh, when you're launching. Tell us about the product. I'm super excited to hear all about it. Yeah, I am too. Although I'm kind of reconsidering renaming it now that you said liquid therapy. (laughs) (laughs) That could be your subtitle. (laughs) I'm going to need to work that in somewhere because I think that's great. And I think it would uh, make a lot of people in this world chuckle. So and we all obviously need to laugh more right now with everything going on. But yeah, Mm. so Koya Blue. Um, It's a premium ready-to-drink tequila cocktail line. Uh, We have eight flavors coming to market. Our first two are going to be um, strawberry basil and Mm. a mango vanilla. Um, Mm. We went about crafting our cocktails in a very unique way. We wanted them to be not only delicious, but smooth. And it was really important for me or my team to have a finish you have so many ready to drink cocktails on the market right now and continuing to come to market and they're Mm -hmm. they're very simplistic you know simple flavors um a lot of them dabble in multiple liquors so they don't specialize in one area um Mm -hmm. and stuff and we wanted to cater to more of the high-end consumer who is looking for what they would receive with a Manhattan or an old fashioned or a tequila Negroni or something that is a craft made cocktails in front of them, you know, at a restaurant, at a bar, at home, whatever, wherever, but actually mm-hmm. in a can. Um, wow. So unique, complex flavors. Uh, we roll out um, production in January where we start sampling um, with our investors and uh, target audience. And then we plan to go to market in early spring of next year. So it could be March, April, May. You know, COVID is playing a part in t- to some delays. Um mm. So I can't pinpoint an exact go-to-market point at this time, but we're very confident it'll be right somewhere right around in that area. Um, We got really lucky. We uh, have built a local team, so we're actually co-packing in Minnesota and Wisconsin and making Mm. jobs right here in the Twin Cities. Um, Yeah, you know, it's great to be with your team and be able to mm-hmm. keep a close eye on quality control. Happy to answer any other questions, but it's it's just all really exciting and it's all coming together and I couldn't do it without my team. I mean, I'm so grateful for them. They are smart, smarter than me and just executing and we continue to build really strategic relationships within the Twin Cities that actually mm-hmm. are uh, we just closed a deal with a new tequila source from someone who is actually very well known in the Twin Cities who happens to own a tequila distillery down in Mexico. And so he's becoming our uh, tequila source provider. So, I mean, we really have a local killer team. That is so awesome. I am so excited for you. Tell me about whose idea was this in the first place? Like, was it yours? I know that you love tequila. So tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was mine. This has been on my mind for about two and a half years. Um, 
I used to live at Tallow Apartments here in West Bend for about two years, and it was so annoying having to go back up to my apartment every time I wanted to mix a drink because Mm -hmm. everyone else drank White Claws and these things, and that was not my jam. And um, I was determined to to solve this problem for myself, really. But then when we dived into market research, it turns out you would be, your mind would be blown if you knew how many tequila drinkers there were in the United States alone and how many people have raved and have asked to be on our mailing list and be a part of this journey with us. And then, you know, another great part about the product is it's low carb, low calorie, no added sugar. So we're at about I think we're we're under 120 calories. I don't know if we're at 100 calories. I'd have to check with my chief product officer mm. on that one um, for our final formulation. But, you know, people are looking for health-conscious products that they love. And I think this one actually has product market fit to a T. We fill in a lot of gaps. Well, I can't wait to try this. I absolutely can't wait. I was telling my son about it a couple of days ago, and he loves tequila. He's like, Mom, you totally have to let me in on this. So where where are we going to be looking for this? Tell me where I can be in line to get this product when it's available. Yeah, well, that's a great question. So um, in January, we will start building um, relationships with all of our consumers. We're going to be sending out a survey finding out what they like so we can be staying in front of them, um, getting our flavors in front of them. Um, And so everyone that I know that knows people will just, I think it's just going to naturally grow because your son's reaction is exactly what we've been receiving from everyone we've been talking to. And when I say Mm. that, I have talked about this idea with a lot of very, very smart, successful people that I want to be where they are someday. And I have not had one of them look at me and say, well, that seems like an interesting idea. They have Mm. all actively said, this is fantastic. This Mm -hmm. makes sense. And, or some of them have actually even been a part of helping with development in terms of our naming strategy for our eight different flavors and Mm -hmm. some of our branding. Just again, we we've had a lot of support and the, the daily team has just been Mm -hmm. monumental in moving this idea of mine forward. And so I'm grateful. (laughs) Well, and you've done your homework in terms of establishing those trusted, valuable relationships with those experts over time. So none of this came together just by the snap of a finger. I know that. Um, no. I'm just really happy for you. I mean, it just sounds so awesome. So will I be able to walk into Total Wine or someplace like that in April and pick myself up a 12 pack of this stuff? Or what do you think? Yeah, I hope it's their four packs. Um, okay, four uh, packs. Okay. And, then I'll get five four um, packs or whatever. There you go. I like to where your mind is at. There, liquid therapy, right there. Well, we got a big family, okay? So, <laughs> oh, so they're not all for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. uh, that's funny. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we will mm-hmm. be um, working with numerous distributors. Um, we plan to expand and be make our start in the Midwest and then mm-hmm. expand accordingly. Um, just to be strategic with our finances as right. we continue to scale. Um, mm-hmm. So yes, that will be a possibility when we go to market. Hopefully, uh, Total Wine will be on the on the list. I imagine mm-hmm. they will be. Um, we are actually getting a lot of support right now from the Minnesota Chamber and uh, Secretary of State and the I call them the Minnesota TTB. Um, mm. Uh, but they have a, a different they have a different name. But they're you know permits for alcohol, tobacco, and sure, uh, gun, sure. Um, firearms, and they have been really supportive on helping us determine what our opportunities are to sell online and go direct to consumer. Um, mm. Minnesota, unfortunately, happens to be one of the most strict states and mm. most higher high taxes. Um, mm-hmm. in the alcohol space. And sure. so this is going to be a little bit of an obstacle that um, will take time. But if we could start selling online direct to consumer, especially with COVID and all of the things going on in this world, if mm-hmm. we can make things more convenient for you, that would absolutely be a, a joy for us. Um, well, we yeah. will stay tuned. I, I'm very excited to um, follow you guys and um, which which actually I'm getting to that question. But first, before we talk about how to find you, um, could you just share with us a couple of action items? I know we talked about this before when we had our phone conversation, but a couple of things, this maybe um, relating to a startup, what are a couple of things that, that our listeners could be taking action on right away? When you initially start a business, I think that it takes a lot of planning and time. And I think that mm-hmm. if it's your first startup, it's going to take you 10 more times and likely your first startup will fail. And you fail a lot. Mm-hmm. I fail. I have already failed 100 times within this business, Koya Blue, alone, along the journey of thinking this would work and it didn't and trying mm-hmm. this and it didn't and it causes delay, delay, delay. I don't want that to deter people from doing startups. There's so many businesses that need to be started. So yeah, find what you're passionate about. And mm-hmm. if you do, and you're passionate, but you got to also be passionate about business. And then you've got to immediately figure out what your weaknesses are and plug mm-hmm. in people who can help support you where you're weak. Exactly. That will be a game changer in you becoming successful or failing. And mm-hmm. when you get stuck, don't abandon. It kind of reminds me of um, a statement that uh, Winston Churchill, which, of course, everyone has heard this before. I actually have this sign hanging in my house and I have for probably the last 20 years. Never, never, never give up. So in other words, don't be thrown in the towel. You're going to have obstacles. Just keep going, because if you believe you're going to make it happen. And that's what you are doing with Koya Blue. I'm so excited to try this product. I'm so excited for you. Nicole, let us know, like, what's the best way for us to reach you? Should we go to your website to learn more about the product? Okay. Yep. You can go to our website, koyablue.com. You can go to our Facebook page, Koya Blue Cocktails. Um, You know, well, Facebook slash Koya Blue Cocktails. 
Um, okay. You can go visit us on LinkedIn, and we're also on Instagram. So, and Perfect. probably Twitter sometime soon. I don't, I don't know. I'm not in charge of all of that right now. So, um, but <laughs> well, for sure, those four places you can sign up for our mm-hmm. newsletter, and we can keep you informed and and stuff. So. Well, we will definitely do that. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited again to, you know, watch you guys grow and and see where this goes. I'm sure it's just going to go into the stratosphere. For our listeners, this episode will be available for download on the Poised for Exit website at poisedforexit.com, where you can also order a copy of my book, Poised for Exit, which is now available on Kindle. And we are running a New Year's special beginning on Monday, January 4th. You can get a copy of my ebook for 99 cents on Amazon. So if you don't have a copy of the book already, please mark your calendar to get a copy on Monday. And do share this program with your business owner, friends, and colleagues. We super appreciate your reviews and thank you for subscribing. And please join us again next time.